It's time for episode 411 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we authorize no time variances. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and across the internet from me is my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, it's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan. I'm feeling... I I guess I will reference an alligator, because I think that was the reference you were making. Uh, or was it a crocodile? Now I don't even know. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm great. There's an alligator version of you out there somewhere. Somewhere. Hopefully not co-hosting this show. It feels like it would maybe not work out there. Okay, moving right along. This is, of course, the show where we invite on two fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is the head of podcast at DCT Media. It's Christopher Finn. Welcome back, Chris. Hello, Dan. Hello, Mike. Hello, Joe. Thank you for having me back. Happy to have you here. And to my left, it's VFX artist as well as uh, my co-host for Unhelpful Suggestions. And uh, man, about the movie uh, discussions, it is Joe Rosensteel. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Hi, Micah. Pleasure to be back. All right, I'm going to kick things off today. I have a question. What is a piece of technology that you own, but you just can't seem to get rid of because it still has its uses despite everything that makes you want to get rid of it? Chris? I went full circle on this, so I had a bit of technology that I did get rid of, and then I rebought <laughs> because I realized it was still really useful and that I should not get rid of it. It is a AirPlay speaker called the JBL Soundfly Air. Um, remember when AirPlay speakers and stuff used to be really innovative and people were doing really cool things with uh, form factors and that sort of nonsense? JBL Soundfly Air was a little uh, AirPlay speaker that plugs straight into a wall outlet. Um, uh, at a little, you know, in my case, in the UK, a three-pin plug. In your case, on your inferior system, a two-pin plug. Uh, plugs straight into a, a wall outlet and then become an, an AirPlay speaker. Now, it's only AirPlay 1, so it's a bit of a pain in the arse because it means that my AirPlay network is uh, now mixed in 1 and 2, so I can't just you know, multicast to the whole of my extensive property. But it's really nice, and it's nice in particular because I have mine in the kitchen, so it's raised up off the surface it's just sitting there in a little a little space in the kitchen where it sits nicely and then that's my my kitchen radio so i think it's fab and i would dearly love to see um, companies innovating again in the space to make some cool stuff michael what do you reckon uh for me it is this nice little super drive i have sitting next to me at the moment um i absolutely hold on to it on the occasion that i need to take a physical form of media and turn it into a digital form of media um, in completely legal and not gray area kind of ways uh, so that I may play them on my own personal devices uh, uh, without having to pull out the physical form of the media. So yeah, discs are still around in some cases, and sometimes you can only find movies on discs, uh, but I like to, to make them digital when I can. So this uh, Apple SuperDrive uh, comes out of the, the storage on the rare occasion when I need it. What about you, Joe? Well, uh, th- this is kind of linked to a later question, but uh, I would have to say my 51-inch plasma television. Um, it is not new uh and it 
should be replaced because it's actually much too small for the living room that it's in right now. It's sort of like you're looking at a very small envelope on the other side of the room from the distance <laughs> you are from on the couch. Uh, but it, it just can't, the thought of spending the money to replace it with the bigger, like 75 inch or whatever it needs to be just it, it while this one still works, it still kind of irks me just a little bit that it, it's, it's fine. I just can't, you know, justify the expense of getting rid of it, but it, it is inferior in a lot of ways um, to, uh, to what would be replacing it. I just uh, it can't, can't part with it at the moment. I am surprised that nobody took my answer because my answer is I've got a brother multifunction scanner printer over here. Oh, God. And I, Jesus Christ, I, Dan. <laughs> and it's just that, like, every once in a while, I still need to print something out. Or every once in a while, having a flatbed scanner ends up being useful. And it's like, again, I was sort of toying with the idea of buying, like, a scan snap or something to scan a bunch of documents. And I was like, oh, they're so expensive. And I have like a phone that takes pictures and scan things. And I have a flatbed scanner when I need it. And I'm sure I could get a cheaper, better one. But this one still works. And I'm just having trouble getting rid of it uh, until it breaks irreparably, which I'm sure will happen at some point. So, yeah, you just can't escape paper. It's still there. My um, my millennial uh, colleagues take, took the Mickey out of me quite badly because when lockdown hit, I have three printers at it's home. Too many, too <laughs> many. One is a three D printer. One's a, a workhorse Lexmark that will never ever die, and one's a Canon Pixma. That's my inkjet and my my scanner. That's too many printers. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I don't make the rules. <laughs> that's just the that's just <laughs> how it is. Uh, I won't mention the other unplugged brother uh, laser printer that's sitting under the multifunction one. Anyways, that's all we have time for for this question. Let's go on to our second question, which comes from Chris. Uh, imagine a world in which you've won a $50 or £50 voucher for Amazon and you, what do you buy that makes your tech life better, but it's probably quite dull, but it was just something you could never quite justify spending the, the money that is in your bank account or the overdraft in your bank account hitherto, but you've got some free money to spend. Michael, what do you spend it on? I'm going to get, a, and this maybe is cheating a little bit, but uh, there's a bunch of Elago, E-L-A-G-O stuff that I have sitting in my save for later Amazon cart um, that I would end up purchasing. So there's this little dust guard that you can put inside of your AirPods Pro case, and it keeps dust off of the case but also uh, makes it easier to clean and then they also have these little like silicone ear tips that can help keep the um the, the your airpods clean and then they've got a really nice airpods pro case uh as well as a uh silicone case for the new siri remote that lets you pop in an air tag if you want to and all of those things are things that I don't really need, don't absolutely have to have. So they just sit in my cart for one time when I'm making a purchase. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw that in too. Um, but if I got a $50 Amazon gift card, I think I would get those things. What about you, Joe? Well, I had a hard time thinking of something because if I had $50 uh, on an irritation, I would just spend it. Uh, it, it felt like it needed a, a bigger budget for my disappointments. But uh, <laughs> the $50 uh, that I think category on something that i would spend that i just haven't done yet is there is a uh, peak design uh cuff wrist strap um for uh holding a, a camera um and i haven't quite you know spent the money on that one yet it's uh, only 30 dollars, so it's within our within our 50 dollar budget but uh, uh that that's the only thing i could think of that that uh is that minor that that would just ever so slightly improve my life 
I'm with Joe. I feel like I needed maybe a little bit more of a budget in some of these places. Like I tend to 50 bucks or less. I will spend that money to solve a problem. But I did think of something, which is I would buy several pairs of cheap earbuds and scatter them about the house. And part of that is for me. I definitely, um, you know, have earbuds I like to use for different purposes. (laughs) And I've been dissatisfied with a set that I have. And I'm just like, again, too cheap to replace them, even though they're not like a super expensive pair. But it's also for my wife who constantly loses her headphones. And she already has many headphones scattered around the house. But then they disappear. And she's always looking for them. And I feel like it would solve both of our problems if there were just more headphones everywhere. But you would need a very, like some with a lightning connector and some with a mini jack connector and some that are Bluetooth. Just to have a variation. Chris, bring us home here. So I went for, my, my wife thinks this is the most tragic thing to spend money on. But I was very excited to buy a two meter Thunderbolt 3 cable. Um, because it meant that uh, I could then train the cable through my desks and, and, and up to my Thunderbolt 3 dock rather than trailing the little one that came with it, trailing across the, the cable. And I, oh, nice. I chose it 50 bucks thing. So I actually did this, right? I won for 50 pounds and I spent it on that. But but I, to me, there's something interesting about the fact that, to your point, Dan, I, I could have just spent that money, right? It's not. A, it was about 40-something pounds. It wasn't an egregious amount of money, mm-hmm. but I didn't because... What I had worked fine. It was fine. <laughs> but it just annoyed me so much. I had this cable trailing across the desk where it wasn't trained nicely underneath it. And likewise, you know, if, if the money was bigger, I would spend it on more exciting things. But some of these really, really tragic little things you just can't <laughs> quite justify. I think there's something quite interesting. It's, it's a liminal space. It's quite interesting in, in, in that kind of budget. That's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise, and this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Memberful. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web. Generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program, but what you might not know is that Memberful is the platform we use for that program, and they make it super easy to generate that extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our members. Not only do I use Memberful here as part of Relay FM's membership program, but I use it at some of the other places that I work as well. The Rebound, another tech podcast I do, uses it to support its Rebound Prime membership program. Uh, Six Colors, where I write with Jason Snell, we use Memberful to support our paying members there. It's a great way to not only add to our income, but also let us easily deliver bonus content, whether it be extra podcasts or newsletters or what have you, to all of our paying subscribers. Maybe you're already producing content, relying on advertising, or other means of income. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program, including custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more, all while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. If you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Get started for free at memberful.com slash clockwise, no credit card required. That's memberful.com slash clockwise. Go there now. Check it out. Could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. Halftime is over. Micah Sargent, give us your topic, please. Yes. My question for you is, do you have a smart TV? And if you do, do you use the smart TV features or an external set-top box that's attached to it? Joe? No, I don't use any of the smart features that are uh, uh with the tvs that i have uh my 51 inch plasma tv that i mentioned before it has a smart tv interface in it that is old um like 2012 ish uh so it can do some things if it if it were the kind of thing that i would uh want to do very slowly and poorly but uh i i don't 
ever drive anything through that. Uh, I don't touch the menus. I don't do anything with it. It's not connected to the internet at all. Um, it just serves as a conduit for my Apple TV. Uh, the TV in my office um, is from my uh, my boyfriend's old apartment, and that one is a Panasonic Viera. Uh, and that one, I also turned off all of the smart TV features because it's terrible. It has like a little advertising band that was powered by Yahoo widgets at the top to give you some idea of the era of smart TV that this is from. <laughs> Um, and so I, I will never, ever, under any circumstances, use the uh, features of that television. And it is instead hooked up to a, a much older Apple TV. Um, uh, and that, that drives the media experience in my office as it is. Yeah, our only TV is a 2015 Vizio. Uh, and it does have some smart features, but it was right at the beginning of the whole smart TV uh, experience. I don't know what the right word is for that. Uh, and so they were fairly avoidable. I did have it connected to my Wi-Fi for a while, and then at one point got that whole thing where it turned out Vizio was, like, scraping data and, like, selling it to people. So I I think it was really hard to get it off the Wi-Fi. So what I ended up doing was eventually I just changed the SSID on my network, and it was like, where's the internet? Um, but other than that, it's basically, like Joe, I use it pretty much to drive either the Apple TV or um, the Xbox or Nintendo Switch or something. It's basically just a dumb monitor. I prefer to never use any of the apps on those things, generally because I don't find the experience as good uh, and because I like to have a little more control over what's happening there. And again, I know that they were spying on people, so I don't really trust them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not a really big smart TV person. I'm kind of hoping it's avoidable in the future, but I guess we'll find out. Chris, what about you? Yep, that's four for four. Same thing here. I actually tried really hard when we got our last TV to find one that didn't have any smart features in it because I knew I wouldn't want them. I failed. Uh, my TV is a Philips because I wanted the Ambilight. I like Ambilight. I think it is pretty. Um, but... I don't use the smart features. I actually used to. This is why I get particularly angry about this because the smart TV had a Skype client in it and I bought a Skype webcam to use with it when we had our daughter, thinking it'd be quite good for like catching up with new grandparents and stuff in the living room with a kid climbing around the place. It was fine. It worked. And then they took away support for the app. So it didn't work. And then I thought, well, fine. So I'll just repurpose that webcam into something. No, I can't. It was, although it worked over USB, proprietary to that platform. Uh, And that just made me very angry. And that's why we can't have nice things, folks. (laughs) Uh, All very interesting answers. Thank you for those. Um, I have in the past turned on some of the smart features of my television because I wanted to test the AirPlay 2 and HomeKit compatibility that is part of the TCL uh, television that I have. Um, But outside of that, I have tended to avoid the smart features and uh, for the most part keep the television offline sounds like something we all do but um i would argue that uh, those of us outside of this uh, techie 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 place don't tend to do that and that uh, you see a lot of folks using the built-in smart features of their televisions for watching the shows that they like to watch uh all right let us move on to our final topic which comes from joe do any of you use uh, any automated services that attempt to surface important photos or moments in your life over the years, like Apple Photos, Memories, blah, 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 etc.? Do you get any strange results or bizarre duplicates because of it? Dan? 
I know where this is going because I've seen Joe post about this. But yes, I also use the uh, iOS widget uh, that shows photos and memories and stuff like that. Generally, I really like it. I find that it, it does pop up things that I always like sort of tap through and go, oh, yeah, that I remember that. That's kind of cool. Uh, one th- problem I've noticed in the iOS 15 beta is it tends to much more surface things. That it's like those little memory videos it's created as opposed to just photos that I might find interesting and are related to this day somehow. Uh, it does occasionally pick strange random images that i'm not i have to stare at for a minute and go where was that or what was that um and that can be a little peculiar at time i feel like the other day it actually (laughs) compiled a highlight video of like meals i'd taken pictures of which was odd but like okay i guess i don't mind remembering good meals i've had i'm not saying they were all great but who knows uh so i like the idea a lot i know that it sometimes ends up with weird glitches or strange choices but more often than not i actually find it to be something that i i genuinely enjoy because it does do exactly what it's trying to do which is surface photos of things that i haven't really thought about or have forgotten about what about you chris a little bit I use the the iOS widget, but not really. It's on a screen that I don't often go to. I do see stuff surface through Facebook. That's the place where usually this thing uh, pops up for me. But I have to say, these features are limited in their usefulness for me because my photo library isn't is in disarray, is the polite way of saying it. I had an Aperture 3 library, which was migrated from Lightroom, which I need somehow to update so that I can reintegrate the damn things back into photos. I've got some photos. Anyway, it's an absolute disaster. But I think if all my photos were on uh, iCloud Photos, things like the memories stuff within iOS would, would be a bit better. But it's just one of those jobs. It's it's the, you know, the millennial... A Gen X equivalent of sorting through shoe boxes full of six by fours. I need to do it at some point to consolidate stuff so that I can actually see this stuff at some point and make this uh, AI tech a bit more useful for me. Micah, what about you? I back up my photos to several different services. So I've got uh, Google Photos and Amazon Photos and Apple's own uh, photo service that are all recommending uh, little memories. And so because of that, at this point, I've become kind of numb to them. I don't really, I'll see a pop up, but I don't ever look at them uh, just because it's, it happens pretty regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So because of that, yeah, I don't, really pay attention enough to know if um, I am getting strange results or duplicates because of that. I think the one thing that I would say during this little segment is I wish there was a way to let things know this is my photo, this is not my photo, because at times I will get uh, little notifications that I notice or little messages or within photos, little uh, sections that are like, oh, these were your best photos from this time. And then it's, you know, three stock photos that I downloaded for some project at some point. And that never feels great. So yeah, I would be nice to be like, uh, downloaded this one. Definitely not mine. Uh, I, I got this one from a friend and it's a GIF that I don't really need to be reminded of, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Joe, why don't you round us out here? Yeah, I, I have to say, I wish there was a way to f- telling them that uh, it wasn't a, a photo that you had actually, t- that you didn't, you didn't take this photo, uh, that you downloaded it from somewhere. Like right now, I currently have a photo of Micah with a headband on. Um, and that was for uh, an elaborate Photoshop uh, prank from many moons ago. But it uh, doesn't need to be surfaced so much, I guess, because uh, it wasn't something that I took a, took a photo of. And like Dan said... Um, uh, he knows where I'm going with this because like all great, uh, clockwise topics, it is about a personal gripe of mine. And (laughs) I, uh, have 
had the uh, memory in uh, iCloud Photos uh, surfaced several times of New Orleans' December 2018 trip. How many times? 14 times, until this past weekend, where it surfaced it a 15th time. Uh, I received a notification that I had a new memory, um, which is a strange way of phrasing that at all, but uh, it, it is of New Orleans' December 2018 trip. There are not just those 15 versions, but there are also six other duplicates of a different variation and then two other one-off variations from that same trip uh so you can go through and see a slightly different collection of photos that are categ- uh, categorized in a different way from the same uh set of photos and i don't know why it's done that in the past or why it continues to do that in the future but all the recent ones seem to be f- of that same exact set over and over and over again uh, there are a few other uh, ones like Christmas Day uh, and stuff that are exactly the same Christmas Day or Palm Springs, exactly the same Palm Springs or the same photos from uh, a 2019 uh, Hawaii trip over and over and over again. I don't quite understand the mechanisms at play and there's no way to report it or say like, hey, um, this is not you're not giving me anything new this is the same thing like there's no duplicate detection or anything like that in the process so i think it's very bizarre uh but it is something that catches my eye because i leave it on my uh uh, home screen and it is occasionally something that is an interesting photo but it is often one of these random sets of things or a screenshot or something that uh well, actually, no, it doesn't usually surface screenshots, but a, a, an image that was downloaded that doesn't need to be there. So it, it is a, a f- weird, very weird service in terms of what it thinks that I have as a priority in my life. Have you considered the possibility, uh, Joe, that your life's just very dull and the algorithm's doing the best it can, man? Oh, God, there's no laughter at that. That was supposed to be a joke. And they're just absolutely, what has he said? Wow. Wow. I can't believe you would say it. No. I, I was thinking it. It's fine. All right. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get to that, I want to tell you that this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Electric. Somewhere along the way, you've picked up onboarding and offboarding new employees, managing app licenses, company devices, networks, checking all of those cybersecurity boxes, and finding fielding never-ending IT support requests like, where's my password again? On top of the 10,000 other things you do every day, you've added the do the work of an entire IT team to your list. Thankfully, there is a solution, and it doesn't require cloning yourself or spending the next six months interviewing IT managers. Try Electric. Electric is the IT management platform made for all of the many hat wearers out there who just need someone to handle it. With Electric, you get the visibility and control of an IT management platform with the practical help of over 100 IT specialists. That's a whole team here to take on all of those extra IT tasks that you've picked up. They can field IT support tasks directly from your team through your favorite corporate messaging app while giving you full visibility into every project. So you can focus on more strategic things like your actual job description. Unbury yourself from IT tasks. Head over to electric.ai slash clockwise and get started. And just for taking a qualified meeting with their team, they'll give you a pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones. That's right. Visit electric.ai slash clockwise. Get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of Clockwise. All right. Bonus topic. Uh, it's heating up around here. I don't know about where you are, but what is your favorite summer treat? Could be a beverage. Could be a food. Could be an activity. Chris? It's that picture of Mike in a headband. No, it's a, it's a margarita, <laughs> a frozen margarita every single time mm. and nothing else to do. Micah? 
It's H, say it with me now, V-A-C. That's right, folks. My air conditioning. <laughs> That's my summer treat. Joe, what about you? Uh, well... Uh, I, I it's, I'm in Southern California, so it's uh, always more or less summer. Uh, and a I would I struggled with this, except I, I would say that uh, an aperol spritz would be the kind of thing that you would have uh, more more in the summer months than I guess in January. Mm. But uh, it is it is not because of the the wild variation in temperature. Yeah, it's a coin toss for me between a gin and tonic or an ice cream cone or gin and tonic ice cream. I think it exists somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all we have time for. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest, Christopher Finn. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, absolute pleasure as always. And Joe Rosenstiel, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.